Thanks for tuning in to the Hope Church Podcast. We hope that you're blessed and encouraged to walk out the gospel as you hear this message from Pastor Josh Thompson. So how are y'all doing? You alive? You're looking alive. You're looking good today. I uh, feel like the Lord's given me a word. That's a good thing as opposed to not. Um, and uh, I have to, I just wanted to say this to you. It was on the announcements, but a Wednesday night prayer nights are so central to us here at Hope. Um, this last Wednesday night was a par- powerful time together in the presence of the Lord. And if you haven't joined in, I want to encourage you to join in. If you don't have a prayer life, come and grow one. It's going to be so good this Wednesday night. I encourage you to do that. Um, so we, a few weeks ago, had our whole staff over to our house um, with their families and kids. Church, we have an amazing staff at Hope Church. I have to tell you, some of you may not know that, may not know them, but there isn't, there isn't a, a not good one in the whole bunch. Like, we are just so blessed and amazing families. And so we gathered at our house. We just wanted to have kind of a fun night with, with dinner and a bonfire. How many like bonfires? I do too. There were years of my life that we lived in a neighborhood where we could not even have a fire pit or a bonfire. So I had bonfire suppression. And I, and, and when I was held back, that pent up desire for a bonfire was held back. When it came that we moved to the country a couple years ago, I mean, I have let the bonfires loose. I mean, when I, when I say a bonfire, this is not a little fire. I like gather the, the trees and the, and the, the, you know, the sticks and, and the limbs of trees that have fallen for like weeks and weeks and weeks, months. And I mean, this thing's like, you know, we stack it like 10 feet tall and then we light that bad boy. And I got to tell you, when I light it, I feel like a man's man. I feel like power. It's so good. Fuego. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. So we, I was excited to have the whole staff over, right? To like have this big bonfire. And so everybody gathered in our, in our dining room and we're kind of just gathered around and we're, I'm giving some instructions and we're going to pray. And I just said, you know, guys, after dinner, we're going to, we're going to, I've got this big bonfire plan. I'm so pumped about it. And I said, it's going to be huge. And I said, I'm going to try not to kill us all when I light it. And so, you know, all of a sudden, after those words left my mouth, I, I, I look across the room and I see my wife and I get that look. Now, men, do you know what look I'm talking about? That look. That look of like, you probably shouldn't have said that. And I'm about 50-50 on getting what it is before I'm even told what I shouldn't have said. But this time I was a little clueless. I didn't know what I had said that wasn't good. But what I didn't realize is that Caleb and Sierra's little guy, Gideon, he's a little four-year-old guy. Apparently when I said, I'm going to try not to kill us all, he looked up at his mommy and he said, Mommy, are we going to die tonight? No joke. No joke. And he was horrified that somehow he'd come to the pastor's house to be sacrificed. The truth is, when I see him in the halls, he will not look me in the eyes since that night. Of course, you know, nobody died. And we had an amazing night together. But I was reminded again how powerful our words are. That what we say impacts people around us. What we say impacts the world around us, really. And in fact, our words create culture and our words actually paint atmosphere and create atmosphere around us. I read somewhere that there's like 800,000 words in the English 
vocabulary, dictionary, whatever. They say around 300,000 of those words are like for like, like groups that are like specialists, like only specialists would use those kinds of words. So that leaves us with about 500,000 words that are available to us, which is crazy, right? So I thought, I'm going to look up some weird words. Have you ever done that before? Like, I want to learn some words that I do not understand and do not know. So I did that. I wanted to share a few with you, if you're open to that. I guess you have to be. Um, so I looked up this word, and it, this one word, was it's pandiculation. Has anybody ever heard this word? Do we have any really smart people here? Okay, you're all smart. I'm sorry. Pandicula, I didn't mean to offend you. Um, pandic- I'm talking about our words, and I'm already offending everyone. It's amazing. Pandiculation. This is what happens when you wake up in the morning and you stretch. So guys, you don't have to say stretch anymore. You can just say, I'm having some pandiculation. (laughs) How about this word, borborygmus? Has anybody heard of that word? No. Borborygmus. Okay, so borborygmus is a rumbling, some of our doctor friends might know this, a rumbling or a gurgling noise in the intestines. Some of you may be experiencing that before the end of the message, because you're hungry, hopefully. This last one is funny when I loved it, it kind of caught my eye, snollygoster. It's a great word, does anybody know what a snollygoster is? Okay, Snollygoster is a politician who does or says things for their own personal advancement instead of following their own principles. Don't use that. It wouldn't be nice. But I was just thinking, it's just so wild how many words there are. But even people with the most robust vocabulary, they say only know about 10,000 words, right? Um, I, I read that, that, that most of us only use around 5,000 words to communicate. The point is there's lots of words out there, right? But however many that you use in a day, they carry incredible power. Our words carry incredible power. Church, words are so important. I read this quote that says this, Remember, every time you open your mouth, Your mind, your heart walks out and parades up and down the words. I think they've got that quote up there. Is it on the screen? That's all right. Remember, every time you open your mouth, your mind and your heart walks out and parades up and down the words. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our our words reveal so much of what's going on inside of us. Proverbs 18.21 says this. You're very familiar with this. I'm sure we sing it in a chorus that we, we sing here. It says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The message says it like this. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. How many know that to be true? How many have experienced both kinds of words? Every time we open our mouth to speak, we release something. We're creating something. We're actually building something through the words that we speak. Culture is formed and built through our words, death or life, poison or fruit. We could say it like this with our words, we tear down with our words, we build up. We're done doing one or the other. 
James 3 compares our tongue to the small rudder on a huge ship that sets the course wherever the will of the captain directs. A word out of your mouth may seem of little account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy nearly anything. And we've been given the power and we've been given the privilege to choose which one we're going to use. Isn't it wild that this little guy in your mouth has the power to release pain, destruction, division. This little thing in your mouth can literally tear somebody down. Or it has the incredible gift, the God-given ability, the God-given gift to actually release encouragement and build up, to release comfort, to release destiny. That your words actually can speak such life into somebody that it changes everything for them in a moment. Have you ever had somebody give you a word that changed everything in your life? Has a word from the Lord ever come through somebody that literally in that moment, that word shaped and changed everything in your life? Words can bring peace to a storm or they can like cause the storm to rage even hotter. Our words can silence lies, silence arguments, or our words can stir them up. And we get to choose which one we're going to do. Amen? In the current culture that we live in, I've been thinking about this, words are flying everywhere all the time, right? I'm old enough to remember when you actually had to wait for the evening news with Dan Rather or Tom Brokaw. More more people in the other service understood that. We have a younger crowd in here. They were like, oh, yeah, we remember that. Yeah, yeah, Dan Rather, Tom Brokaw, you'd wait for the evening news to find out what had been going on in the day, right? Like, I remember when we actually, I used to get the USA Today newspaper because that's how I'd find out the news and you'd get it in the morning. And then honestly, by the time you were reading it, it was, some of it was outdated. It was already late. And, and now we, we find out everything in real time, right? There's information being re- released in real time. If something big is happening in the world, for me, it lights up on my phone and an alert comes, right, to tell me what's going on. With social media, anyone and everyone has the ability to speak to hundreds, thousands, in some cases millions, depending on your influence. Who would have otherwise never been able to speak to people? I think about even like celebrities and famous people. Like just even 15, 20 years ago, even a celebrity, they had to wait to go on like Johnny Carson or Jay Leno. This was way before Jimmy. You know what I mean? Like they didn't have the opportunity to like speak to the world. But now they're in an instant, they can send something out and communicate to millions of people. Like even, like it's so wild. I don't know, maybe I'm really dating myself by talking about this, but I just had this like flash of like how things have changed so quickly that all of a sudden, you know, I can remember where you'd be watching a show at night, like we didn't have like the TiVo or the recording, like you actually watched it live and if you missed it, you missed it and you had to watch the commercials. I mean, who watches commercials anymore? That's so like 2000, but um <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like you, like I remember, like watching a show at night, and all of a sudden, this music would be like, duh, 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 and it'd be like, "We interrupt your regular programming for the President of the United States." Like that used to happen, and he'd come in and he'd give his address of whatever it is. Now the president can actually just tweet whatever he feels or thinks to sixty-six million people. 
Like, think about this. This is, like, shocking. It's crazy how things have changed so quickly. Think about all the words that we speak that are written words now. Think of the emails that you send, the texts that you send, the the posts that you post. It's the same for you and me. We all have the ability to speak words to amounts of people that we never used to be able to. Given our influence, maybe you have an influence where you like, you can like, you can like reach out to like hundreds or maybe thousands, maybe some, I don't know, maybe we got people in here that are in the millions, I don't know. You can post a message right now that says how awesome this message is or how terrible it is. Like literally, you could do that. I hope, I hope it's the, 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 the better report, but I think we also, I'll just say this, I think also in our posting of things, we forget how many people actually see what we post because way, 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 way more people see what you post than comment or like your post. The world is watching you. People you don't know. If you're like me, I've got people I've never even met, hundreds, thousands maybe on, that, that are, I'm friends with on Facebook that I don't even know who they are and they see what I post even if they don't like it or comment. I forget that they're watching it always feels like somebody's watching me. I'm kidding. That's the song. Man, I am not, I'm not culturally flowing today. It's all right. Most of you could pick up your phone right now and post words that would release life or death about any given thing. Words that are poison or words that our fruit. It's wild. We could say this honestly in our day, life and death are in the power of the tongue, but life and death are in the power of the fingers. Life and death are in the power of the thumbs. Not to mention that the words that we actually speak audibly face to face with people. Church, our words are so powerful and we need the wisdom of heaven to know when to speak and what to speak. I want to say that again to you today. We need the wisdom of heaven to know when to speak and what to speak. I think more than ever in the day that we're living in, in the communication age that we're living in, the church of Jesus Christ needs the wisdom of heaven to know when to speak and what to speak. Because as believers, we're not just speaking for us. We're representing a king in a kingdom. Every word that we say that comes out of our mouth, if we're truly believers, followers of Jesus, we're actually representing Jesus. And if we're his, then we don't just speak English, we speak Jesus. I was thinking about this as believers, our words now are actually missional. What if we thought about the words that we're saying as missional? That literally the words that come out of our mouth, they're not just about who's there in that moment, but they're, they're about a lot more than just a moment. They're about releasing who the Father is to the people around us. And in that regard, they are missional. Here's what I want to say to you this morning and what I've been feeling and praying all week is that we need the fear of the Lord on our words. We need the fear of the Lord on our words. It's a day for the church to rein in careless words. It's a day for the church to rein in careless words, to live in such a way, meaning that we are aware of him in all of our moments. 
That there's no like, oh, I'm off the clock and I get to say whatever I want to say. That we're actually aware of his presence on my life in every moment. And in that, the fear of the Lord is on my words. That every word that I speak is actually heard by the Lord. That everything we say is laid and said before him. That's what the fear of the Lord is. It's the beginning of wisdom. It's an awareness of him in everything that I want to please the Lord with my life. And I want to please the Lord with my words. That his eyes and that his ears are actually upon me. All the time that he's with us, and, and it's a good thing, church. If he's, the Bible says he's attentive to our cry. If he's attentive to our cry, he's attentive to our words. He's listening, and that's a good thing. What would happen if we became fully present to this? How would it change the way that we speak to others? If we were aware that the Lord is present in every moment, how would it change the way that we speak of others. Whether that's in public places or whether that's in private behind closed doors. What if before I spoke to my wife, I paused and I became aware that the Lord is also listening to what I'm going to say. What would happen to marriages if we paused and asked the Lord... If I'm supposed to say something or not, what would happen? I want the fear of the Lord on my words in my life. Do you? I do. You see, in culture where words have become so careless and casual, we see it in the world, we see it in the church. We see where, 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 where we would expect the world to be careless with their words, but the church is to speak from a different world. You see, we represent a different world. We speak a different language. We speak Jesus. Did you know that's a language? Jesus. We speak Jesus. And as the church, it's our, stand, it's our place to raise the standard of the words. <laughs> Are you with me? As, as the church, as the followers of Jesus, it is our place to raise the standard of words. And the standard is Jesus. See, we don't get to just be like what we're around. It's so funny. Last night, I had prepared my message. I was done, and I got home. I'd been gone all day, and we sat around the table, and I was hearing about their day, the kids' day, and, and uh, they kind of were talking about some things, and I was like, man, I could preach my message tomorrow right now. <laughs> and one of our kids was kind of, we were talking about kind of language, and uh, it, nobody was cussing or anything. That's just Christy in my house that does that, but... Um, I'm just kidding. Hey, we have a playful marriage. It's like, good. Don't be offended. I know some of you are like really offended. We love to joke with each other. I checked after service. It kind of came out. I said that accidentally. I didn't plan to. And, and I checked with her. And so we went and stood out in the foyer and smiled and laughed. So everybody would think our marriage is okay. <laughs> it really is okay, I think. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so last night this one of one of our kids was kind of like talking about kind of we just I just heard some vocabulary I didn't really care for and uh I said, "Well, I said they said, "Well, this person says it and this person says it and they're all like good godly kids." I'm like, "Well, is that your standard?" Like, is that your standard? 
Like what they're saying, is that, is that where you're getting your, your standard from? Because I don't think that that's where we get our standard from as followers of Jesus. We get our standard from Jesus. And I think sometimes when we enter into things that are going on in our world around us, that we start looking and talking like the world, and that's not how we're to be. I think that sometimes we justify what we're saying, but we justify it according to wrong measure. And uh, so, so everybody repented at my house, and it was amazing. <laughs> but what would happen, church, if we became fully present to the fact that, that he is with us and his, his presence is with us, and we would speak differently. Our words shouldn't look or sound like the world in any way because we don't wage world li- war like the world wages war. And we don't fight with the weapons that the world fights with. See, that's the whole thing. We've got to engage in culture, but we don't do it the way the world does. We don't fight the way the world fights. Our words as believers are to reflect this other kingdom, this other place. We don't take Jesus' truth and speak it in worldly ways. Spend several weeks on that. We don't fight fire with fire. And we don't respond to a wrong spirit with the wrong spirit. We respond to wrong spirits with the Holy Spirit flowing through our words. Jesus says this in Matthew 12. Verse 34, he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Verse 36, he says this, he says, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you'll be justified. And by your words, you'll be condemned. Did you hear what Jesus just said? We'll give an account for every careless word word we speak. Does anybody wish Jesus hadn't said that? (laughs) That makes me want to be rather quiet. (laughs) Careless words often reveal deep attitudes. Have you ever been surprised by what came out of somebody's mouth? Have you ever been surprised at what came out of your mouth? Ooh. What Jesus is saying here is that casual words will be used on the day of judgment as a reliable indicator of what really matters, and that's the state of the heart. The state of the heart. How many want the fear of the Lord on your words? That's what I hear the Lord saying. How many want the fear of the Lord? How many want the fear of the Lord on their words? We need the heart of of David. I love this psalm. I, I hadn't read it in a while. I had it memorized a long time ago. I think there's a song to it, but it's Psalm 1914, and it's this prayer of David. He says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Let the word of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. I want to be pleasing to the Lord with the words of my mouth in all the realms of life, but especially in my words. Words are destroying people, you know. Words are destroying families. 
Words are destroying culture. Words are destroying nations. Words are bringing division all over the place. And I just want to suggest to you as the church of Jesus Christ, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. What would happen if the church actually just paused before we spoke and we just prayed, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you? What would happen if the church in the political season that we find ourselves in actually paused before we spoke and said, Jesus, let the words of my mouth be pleasing to you? It's really getting quiet, isn't it? What would happen if if husbands and wives paused before we spoke, before we began to engage in, in those issues that we engage in, and we prayed, let the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, God. Jesus, I want to please you with my words, with my spouse. What would happen if, if in marriages that we honestly did this? What would happen if, if husbands and wives actually stopped before they began to argue or fight and we said, we're going to go before the Lord and say, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. What would happen in marriages? What would happen if husbands and wives actually prayed together? Oh boy. Hey, this is the good news I'm preaching. This is, this is the way forward right here. I want to just, I'm not, I have no desire to bring it. There's no shame for anyone here. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. There's no shame. I'm not trying to knock people down. What, what happened? Why are you laughing? Did I miss it? I don't know. I'm seriously lost right now why people are laughing. <clears throat> but, anyways. Chris, what is happening? I don't know. Uh, okay. Guys, you are distracting me from what the Lord is doing in my life. You're a hindrance to me. I'm just kidding. You're not. Seriously, what would happen, though? And I'm, I'm, I'm applying this to my own life with my own marriage. In our own relationship, Christy and I, we're, we're passionate people. I mean, we, we have conversations. <laughs> we do. I mean, we just do. We are that way. We're not like, I hear about those people that never fight. I'm like, that is not us. Like, we, we get into it. We've grown in it over 18 years. Hopefully we have. But, but what would happen if we were so aware of the presence of the Lord in our home that I don't want to say things that, that wouldn't please the Lord? What if I wanted to please him more than I wanted to please myself? And so it caused me to pause and welcome him into the conversation and say, let the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. I, I believe that there would be, I believe we'd maybe put Jonathan DeStalo out of business a little bit. He's raising his hand saying, yes, Lord, I don't know what he'll do next, but it'll be good. <laughs> For real though. I mean, what would happen if it just was beginnings of that was just that simple to just at home together say, God, we want to please you with our words and we want to, we want to know your heart. We want our hearts to be clean and we don't ever want to speak a word against our spouse. What would happen if as parents, we actually paused before we laid into our kids? What would happen if we just pause before we just let them have it or, or even instructed them and just say, God, when I instruct my child here, I want to have your heart and I want to have your words. Let the words of my mouth be pleasing to you before I talk to my kid. 
What would happen if we, before we engaged in just any kind of conversation, maybe it's at work, maybe it's, it's in a public setting, maybe I don't know what it is that we prayed, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you because I want to represent you rightly. Most of the time with my kids, that's what I think about. I think I want to represent who he is rightly because I'm showing them who he is. What if we actually took that and we thought about all the ways that we communicate with the world around us and we said, I want to be careful with my words because I want my words to represent him rightly. Jesus said it, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I want to challenge us this morning. As I've said this several different times over the last couple of months, that in the morning when we wake up and we say, Jesus, what are we doing today? Before we even get out of bed, Holy Spirit, lead me today. I think included in that should be, Holy Spirit, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. I don't want to say things that you don't want me to say. I don't want to represent you in a wrong way. I want my words to reflect who you are and I want to please you and I want to show everyone that I'm with who you are by my words. What would happen in Springfield, Missouri if the church of Jesus Christ rose up and began to do this? That we'd say, I need the wisdom of heaven because I want to speak what you're speaking that I want to know when to speak and I want to know what to speak. Because there's a time to speak and there's a time to be quiet. There, let's just be real. There's a time to just plain shush. In our house, we say shushy. 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 Turn to somebody and say, there's a time to shushy. Come on. Don't resist the word of the Lord. Shushy. 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 You know there's a time to shushy. Shushy says a lot. Proverbs 17, I got a cruise. Verse 27 says, Whoever restrains in his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. How many want a cool spirit? Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. I love the passion. It says, can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? Can you bridle your tongue when your heart is under pressure? When the pressures of life are pushing in on you, when you're in that moment and your emotions are inflamed and you're upset and you want justice and you want to set something right, can you bridle your tongue? With the Holy Spirit, you can. In your own might, in your own power, no way. But Holy Spirit, fill in you, fill in your words. You can bridle it. Verse 28, when when even a fool bites his tongue, he's considered wise. I love this. So shut your mouth. It's it's the Bible. I can't help it. Shut your mouth. It's a passion. It's half the Bible. No, I'm just kidding. It's, It's great. So... Shut your mouth when you are provoked. It will make you look smart. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's hope for you. (laughs) 
I'm kind of doing the opposite of the message, aren't I? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just humor, guys. We need to be joyful, laugh in church. It's good. Mark Twain, he said it like this. I don't often quote him, but it is better to keep your mouth closed and let people think that you're a fool than to open it and remove all doubt. <laughs> That's amazing. See, sometimes the wisest thing you can do is be the quietest person in the room. Sometimes the wisest thing you can do is be the quietest person in the room. And there's also times that the best thing that you can do is raise your voice and declare the word of the Lord loudly as well. I'm not saying that this is just about, for the context of today, I think we have way more of an issue in many ways in which that we need to actually be quiet and shushy. Jesus said, I only speak what I hear my father speaking. I want to say it again. We need to know when to speak and what to speak. And this comes through the Holy Spirit in our lives, speaking to us and through us. And as we invite him to speak to us, we will, in obedience, respond to what he's saying, and our words will be him. Proverbs ten nineteen. I love the Proverbs. It says, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. The passion says, if you keep talking, it won't be long before you're saying something really wrong. That's a good word. Prove your wise from the very start. Just bite your tongue and be strong. Whew, that's good. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever keeps, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Notice here that it says whoever, meaning that we actually have the responsibility in the keeping. Like we have the responsibility in the keeping that we, we have the responsibility in the guarding of our words. Don't ever believe that you don't have control of your mouth. I, I feel like I just want to say that again. Don't ever believe the lie that you do not have control of your mouth. Don't ever believe the lie that you're just Irish or you're just Italian or you're just whatever, whatever the excuse is. None of that matters if you're kingdom. No, no, for real. Like, it doesn't matter what your natural bent is. I'm a passionate person, you know. I understand it. But, but like, when we come under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it changes everything. It changes everything. So, 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 yeah. So just take that. Spirit of the Lord lives in you. You have control of your tongue because it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's called self-control. Don't ever believe the lie that says otherwise. There's a limitless supply. I just want to say that again to you. There's a limitless supply of Holy Spirit empowerment for every word to come out of your mouth that would reflect the king and his kingdom. You may not know what to say, but you can be quiet. I think sometimes we're afraid of just being quiet when we don't know what to say or when we know that what we want to say is not the thing to say. That actually we have the option of just Shushy. I, I love that word. I'm just going to say it all over this, everywhere. Passion Translation says this, watch your words, be careful what you say, and you'll be surprised how few troubles you'll have. You'll be surprised how few troubles you have. It's a good word. Be careful. Care about what you say. And this prayer of David, Psalm 141, I'm, I'm getting close, says, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. What a prayer. Pastor Josh, translation, 
would be, oh Lord, keep my trap shut. Have you ever had to pray that prayer before? Church, if we invite the Lord to set a guard over our mouth, he'll answer that prayer. He will answer that prayer. If we ask him to watch over the door of our lips, he's going he's gonna to answer that. But here's the thing. We've got to listen and respond. If you will become aware of him in all things and you will welcome him into all things, he will speak to you and you will know what to say and what not to say. But if you don't listen, his voice will quiet down. You have to listen to what he's saying. Sometimes it might even be that you have a truth and you feel like you're supposed to say it, but inside you're like, oh, that truth is, is true, but it, it isn't supposed to be said right now. He wants to answer that prayer. He wants to answer that prayer. Set a guard over my lips. Church, this is what we know about prayer that's according to the will of God is that he answers it because it's according to his will. I'm telling you, I think some of us have not, have, have just kind of said, oh, I've got this or I'm this or I talk this way because of this or that. And what we've missed is that the Holy Spirit at one time was trying to talk to you and trying to quiet you down, but you didn't respond. Here's the thing. We can repent today and, and be empowered again to hear his voice to say what he's saying. What if we think twice and we speak once? What if we pray twice and we speak once? Matthew 15, Jesus said, it's not what goes out of the, into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. What is happening in the heart comes out through the words and it reveals what's in there and exposes what needs to go. Sometimes you don't know what's going on in your heart until you hear it from your words and you need to stop and pause and get into alignment with Jesus language, with Jesus heart and ask the Holy Spirit to cleanse you and wash you so that you can walk into who you're to be. Amen. It's a sobering reality that we're going to give an account for every word. I don't know how he keeps track of them, but I'm thankful that they can be erased. I'm thankful that words can be erased before the Lord through confession, through repentance, through forgiveness, through the blood of Jesus. And I'm so thankful that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. That's the truth too. Some of us have just been living in the old man when we've been called to live in the new man. And you've been trying to fix an old man that doesn't need to be fixed. You just got to walk into the new man. And in the new man comes new words and new language. It's called Jesus language. It's called Jesus truth. We're actually to consider ourselves dead to sin dead to that kind of language and alive to him, alive in that. And if we'll say yes to him, he'll speak to us. And through relationship, we'll begin to walk as the church was intended to walk with the words of the Lord and the words of heaven in us. And we're going to see the city changed and families and generations changed because we're walking in the word of the Lord. Stand with me this morning. We got to go.